Hey there and welcome to the Warm Honeyed Podcast. It's a podcast where two super soldiers from opposite sides of the Atlantic don't fight each other till the end. Also, we expose each other to and discuss media that only one of us has seen. But before we do that, we meet up in our own internet-connected warm-hearted bosom and discuss what to expect. This is the Warm-Hearted Podcast, and we're talking about Captain America. Hail Hydra! One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. So are you too. You. Don't do anything stupid until I get back. How can I? Taking all the stupid with you. You here with a mission, sir? My name is Tobias Blutert, the B from the Warm Honey Podcast Hive. And with me is Alison Starr. Hello, how's it going? It's a movie I like a lot and that you have not really seen, have you? No. So uh, this may come to a sh as a shock to most of the people in our Marvel fan group. I have never seen a Captain America movie all the way through. But you have seen other Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? Yes, so I've seen most of the Avengers movies. I've seen most of the other Marvel movies. I've even seen, you know, random movies like Doctor Strange that don't really have quite such a fan following. So for me, I think this may come across as heresy, and I think a lot of it is simply because I haven't seen any of these movies or don't know very much about Captain America lore, but I don't understand the appeal very much. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Rogers as a character, again, knowing literally nothing since I have only seen maybe a few snippets. I've seen this character in other movies. I've never seen a full Captain America featured film. Um, from an outsider's perspective, Steve Rogers kind of comes across as just Steve Rogers' perfect human being with very little conflict and very little in terms of uh, defining characteristics. I know that he's blonde. I know that he's American. Um, I know that he has a very special friend named Bucky. Do you know anything about Bucky? What he's... I know nothing about Bucky. <laughs> this is the this is the thing that I have come. To, I I want to know about because <laughs> I think the the only thing that is going to make Captain America finally be accepted into my heart is the the shipping of Steve Rogers and Bucky together, which is <laughs> is what I'm here for. And I've seen a lot of it on Tumblr. I've seen a lot of that on Tumblr, and I think it could be great. I'm I'm here for it. You are famously the oldest person on Tumblr, right? Yes, I, I like to claim that title as my own. Started my first blog, I think when it started in like 2007-ish. Uh, and I am still there. You can't kick me off. I'm the oldest person still on Tumblr. <laughs> and I will, I'll, you will pry it from my cold, dead hands. But bringing it back to Captain America, I'm trying to think of the things that I do know. So you have seen um, you have seen Avengers, you said, right? Yes. Do you have any idea what they get, what the, <laughs> what they got Captain America out of at the beginning of Avengers? Oh, now we're testing my memory. Um, he was in a bind. Um, for sure. Was he in like some kind of problem or was he, what, is this where we unfreeze him or does that happen earlier? 
I know that we unfreeze him at some point. <laughs> I know that he he is the Iceman out of time. Um, which brings up an interesting thing for me. So one of the things that doesn't really gel, and maybe it's just I don't know Steve Rogers as a character very well, but if you unfroze a man from like the like World War Two, wouldn't he be like a horrible racist? <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't he have like really bad opinions about things? <laughs> but he seems like he's still Steve Rogers, perfect human, and I don't. But I, I obviously don't understand how this character works. I mean, you probably wouldn't notice in um, uh, in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because no one is black. Until we get Black Panther, yeah, you're right. And and in the first movie that uh, Black Panther is in, Black Panther is the bad guy. Except for the guy with the eye patch. Who's that guy? Oh yeah, um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is his name, but what's his Samuel, name? Yeah, I was like, shit. <laughs> uh, what's his name again? I know that. It's complete. I'm drawing a complete blank. Yeah, me too. Um, go 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 go. Yes, internet. Nick Fury. Yes. Of course, Nick Fury. How did we both miss Nick Fury? Take away our fan cards, guys. We don't need them I'm not anymore. A I'm not a fan. We're, we're I, I have fans. to tell you, I'm, um, I do not have a strong investment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or in Marvel at all or comic books. I have not grown up with comic books. Um, I have read about two or three comic books in my life. Wow. Yes, but comic books, to be fair, are not a part of um, of geek culture in Germany as they are in the United States. I can see that. Uh, I, it's, it's always perplexed me that they are in the United States. That they are so important, um, but they don't feel that way in Germany. Well, this actually brings up an important point about the history of comic books and dovetails nicely with Captain America. So mm -hmm. the popularity of comic books actually rose during the war. Uh, Captain America is a genuine uh, World War II character, isn't he? He yes. was a genuine World War II propaganda. Yes, they were propaganda characters. So, And it was easy and cheap entertainment to ship overseas to people that were serving you know, in the trenches. So um, that is firmly part of Captain America's identity. See, I know more about the history of the comic books than I do about the actual character himself. Yeah, in, in, a, in a way, Captain America must be kind of a thing you pick up a cultural osmosis in, uh, in the United States, right? Something like that. And I've always seen kind of Captain America as similar to a Superman-like character mm -hmm. in that uh, they're both kind of milquetoast in the personality mm -hmm. department, but they have, they represent some kind of ideal, right? Some kind mm -hmm. of I idyllic heroism um, and strength in the face of adversity, uh, which is useful during certain periods of time, especially wartime. Um, but I... It, in terms of characterization, I need more than that, which is why I wouldn't say I'm, you know, the biggest Marvel fan. Um, there are certainly people that are well more well-versed in it than I am. Um, but I do love the X-Men. The X-Men have always been my favorite part of the Marvel Universe. I followed them since I was a kid, read a lot of comic books, um, loved the movies, still love the movies, even though they are garbage in a lot of ways. Well, some of them are not. Some of them are genuinely good. There are some we choose not to speak about. Um, but first, first <laughs> class is awesome. First class is a fun ride. 
I like the the reboot of the X-Men franchise. I think it was a smart choice, um, making them younger and kind of more energetic and uh, bringing it back in time. I thought that was a really interesting and it was and it was it was really fun to have such charismatic actors like um such as James McAvoy and um Michael Fassbender act at each other they they were they these two had great on-screen chemistry they're so fiery as actors and they're so intense in their interactions and that's what is compelling to me in a superhero movie it's not just um, that the, we have fantastical powers. It is the you know real human drama that's at the middle of it. Like they are very close, best friends, and then they have this falling out. And the rest of you know the entire franchise is about figuring out that conflict, which is a fundamental conflict. And I think what makes a character like Magneto compelling is that his argument makes sense. And you can really understand where he's coming from. Uh, his methods are questionable, but you understand he's not just some like maniacal villain. Um, and so I think from my perspective, other characters like Captain America, I just sit around thinking like, where's the com wh what's the compelling aspect of this? Um, where's the conflict? Again, he's kind of just a stand in for the right position or or the most obvious moral position in the group i he sometimes butts heads with iron man for reasons unknown um, I, don't, I i know that i know that he has like strong moral convictions i i don't really know anything other than that i like as a character i have no idea who steve rogers is like what does he do in his off time does he like to play pinochle? Is he like an old woman who likes to play bridge? I mean, I would imagine he's from the 40s, so he probably wants to sit on the lanai with the Golden Girls. Like, he's in, he's in his old age. Why isn't he hanging out at, at uh, old folks' homes? You know, I think he has more in common with Betty White than he does with Iron Man. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. I'm so confused. As you're telling me this, I'm I'm thinking about whether or not we should only watch the Captain first Captain America movie, or um, the this three Captain Ma three Captain America movies, two of which I would call standalone. The third isn't really um, standalone. It's more like an Avengers movie that isn't called Avengers because there's no Hulk in it. Mm. Um, ah. See, I didn't know this. This is basically the th uh, this is the thing that maybe constitute maybe constitutes a spoiler. But the third Captain America movie is, for example, the first appearance of both Black Panther and uh, Spider Man in the MCU. Whoa! I did not know that. When yeah, did, where was know. I? <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> not watching Captain America movies. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Interestingly enough, um, without spoiling too much, maybe we should watch Captain America 2 and 3 because Captain America 2 and 3 both, uh, I think they, they speak to both questions you have just asked because um, uh, Captain America 3 does very interesting things with, uh, with, with, with his convictions um, and Captain America 2 does very interesting things about what uh, Captain America, what... What basically a relic from from World War Two, uh, who has been 
yeah, well, frozen, laid on ice, put on ice, um, does uh, when he wakes up in in today's America. So both of these questions are actually relevant to Captain America 2 and 3. Interesting. So, yeah, we should, we should definitely watch all of them. I've always been most interested in Winter Soldier and Civil War. If I had to, like, pick two movies that I wanted to do. But I'm also a, an annoying completist. So I've always started with one... Got bored in the first like thirty minutes. Never pushed through. Um, but now you have a very good reason to to watch um, to watch the first uh, Captain America. We'll probably talk a bit about how origin stories are killing um, are killing superhero movies because those tend to be kind of terrible. It's, uh, I think they are hard to to do right. It's hard to do them right. You're right. It's well, and they've become so ubiquitous. We have them everywhere. And half of the damn movie is the origin story. That's uh, true for Captain America as well, obviously. But, and here's the thing where I'm probably um, in a minority opinion. You, I mean, you're probably kind of... Um, I don't want to, want to accuse you of being mainstream in this regard, but I think Captain America is still the least... Um, the least well-regarded uh, superhero in the, in the MCU, I guess. That's interesting because I see I see him everywhere, and so my my perspective is that Captain America is one of the most beloved. I think the least beloved in the Avengers, at least as we've known them, not adding uh, you know Spider Man and other people that might come later. Um, I think the least regarded is Hulk because we've tried to reboot Hulk many times, and never works. <laughs> Nobody likes that. Nobody wants another Hulk origin story movie. We've done it twice and we didn't like it at all. I do think uh I like I like the Edward Norton movie. You like the Edward Norton movie? That's that should be a, that's got to be another pod. I did. That's got to be another pod for <laughs> sure. Man, that one's that one's rough. Um I love the Hulk as a character because I grew up with the Hulk TV series. Um I loved it because I was an asthmatic child, so I stayed home a lot during third grade. And all I did was I watched, there was this block of television on Sci-Fi Channel that was all old TV shows. So it was The Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman, Hulk, and then it was Ripley's Believe It or Not, hosted by like some man that looked like the Crypt Keeper. And <laughs> it was a very strange out afternoon of television, but I watched it religiously for weeks for weeks and I grew to love Bruce Banner as a character which is why well, it makes me kind of sad that none of the Bruce Banner standalone movies ever really worked uh as much as something like Captain America has become kind of a franchise right or Iron Man Iron Man has has his own franchise well to be to be fair um for reasons nobody really understands it is the starting point for um for for the whole MCU I mean that was the first Marvel Studios movies, if I remember. Basically, it definitely was the first MCU movie before the MCU was even a thing. I've I've, I've actually rewatched that recently, and and it's um very weird to watch. It hasn't aged well. Interesting. It's a fun movie, but it's it's very two thousand and eight. I I can definitely see that. I think the technology is also hard. Yeah. Yes, that's very important. It's very hard to watch a movie from. Uh, it's hard to watch an iPhone less movie. That's that's basically what I'm getting at. Um, there's this very palpable um, uh, rift um, that uh, separates any movie that's from that era um, that has still has already been produced in the smartphone age, and the, those that haven't, you can just feel it. 
Yeah, that definitely dates everything pretty quickly, I would imagine. Especially if it's a technology-heavy movie, as this one is. Right. So that's that's a bit weird, and it and it's very. Uh, I remember it uh, the that last time I saw it was a few months ago, and I remember it as very much being. A, it's a, its aesthetics are very much um, with both feet in in the art. So it's full of um, orange and teal and uh, and lens flares and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 very arts. Oh, I hate that. There was just yeah, like I think between two thousand and two thousand and ten. You could not escape the orange and teal. It was just everywhere, and I got so sick of it. <laughs> it was everything. You know, you know who's at fault for that? You know who's at fault for that? I mean, other than that, it's basically um, digital post-processing. But the, it's the Co goddamn Coen brothers. Really? They, they did it with um, the first movie that really did it, and that really did it to... Uh, great effect was um uh oh brother we're out now you know what that makes a lot of sense interesting i never thought of it that way but that makes a lot of sense now that you're saying that but why did that become like the action movie cliche like i feel like it was it was used so much more in in action and, and superhero movies than it was like in brother where art thou it became this like trope uh, I, th I think it's basically because um uh action editing action movie uh, directing is hard and uh, it makes it makes your your image pop. I mean, orange and teal are the two colors that have the most contrast on screen. Um, so you always have a popping image. It also makes skin tones look richer. That too, yeah. And uh, the image just looks very crisp and vivid. Yeah. Back to Captain America. Each time I say how much I like, the, especially the first Captain America movies, people just give me kind of a blank stare or the online equivalent of a blank stare because. Actually, until a few weeks ago, the first Captain America movie was my favorite favorite MCU movie. Wow! Yes, yes, and there's a reason for that. Um, not to um, get ahead of ourselves and spoil anything we're going to talk about later, but um, it's um, actually a rare animal in, uh, in, in today's action tentpole movie landscape in, in that it's a very focused experience. I mean, other than the overlong origin story that superhero movies have to have there's not a lot of b plot and padding and all these things that i've grown to hate about temple movies these days it's basically the plot is um without um spoiling too much the plot is a yugi weaving turns into a flaming Nazi skull uh, and wants to take over the world and Captain America is not having it. That's it. <laughs> Captain America, well, and I know that uh, Captain America, it, its history is firmly rooted in World War II, so there's there's definitely a lot of uh, fascist imagery and... That is a fucking Nazi red skull. It's, 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 it's an SS soldier with a red skull. <laughs> I mean, basically, it's essentially the same. <laughs> and he's played by Agent Smith. The thing, though... Um, so I got this, again, my, my knowledge of this, of Captain America's part of the Marvel Universe is somewhat limited. Um, but I did watch a video by Lindsay Ellis about the history, and which is 
the only reason why I know so much about the history of Captain America. But I do know that Red Skull apparently comes from a more Russia-ly region. Like, it doesn't start in Germany. It, when they, they, have a, they have a map, and the map, the map comes, like, over here from Russia. <laughs> That's not actually surprising, given, given the history of all the, um, the progress of World War II, because the, the Nazis did get very, or the Germans got very far. Um, they got way, way over to Stalingrad, um, where they invaded Russia. So they basically invaded all of Eastern Europe, and a lot of the really bad things that, um, yeah, well, essentially we did, um, actually happened there because it was as far as far away from the homeland as possible. So most of the um, like um, uh, of death camps like um, Auschwitz or Treblinka were in Poland and Ukraine. So that's that makes sense. So because because um, without spoiling too much, Red Skull is Red Skull is uh, is an evil scientist doing his thing in a faraway lab. So that makes sense. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was just interesting that uh, if we're going to make, like, a metaphor for, like, Nazi spread throughout Europe, interesting that we chose Russia as, like, the originator <laughs> of that instead of, you know, where I guess it's supposed to be, you know, more fictionalized. Um, but it's also steeped in history. So this is another thing that I think I'll better understand once I've seen the film. Um, how... The, our own history and the alternate kind of Marvel history, how much do they overlap? How much do they mirror? Is it even really the same timeline? I guess I would assume not. Because the Avengers timeline, I mean, if it really was supposed to be incorporated into our universe, then we would have, like, New York destroyed every six months or so. We're going to watch Captain America and uh, uh, we'll see if um, my love for this movie holds up, if your prejudices <laughs> I'm open. Up. I'm open to loving it. I just have never mm -hmm. really gotten there. So this will force me to actually sit down and give it a good chance. And uh, also I'm going to do a thing that I might later regret. Um, I am going to watch the dub version of this movie. Ooh. I was in Germany. I teleconferenced Tobias. 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 I do not watch dub movies, which are very much a thing in Germany. You usually, I think, until the advent of DVD and later streaming and things like that, it was very hard to watch um, uh, production language movies in Germany. It's become very, very easy, so much so that I have not really seen a dub movie in 10 years, which 15-year-old um, me would really envy me for. Um, and so I am going to watch the dub version of Captain America, and I'm probably going to talk about that a little bit too. It would be great to hear how well the voice actors match what your expectations might be in German. I'm interested to hear what that sounds like. If you're going to hear from me again at all, that is. <laughs> Hey, don't don't just like abandon me now. We gotta watch this thing. Mm, well, at least I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try at least to watch that uh, to watch the double that, and <laughs> I will report back.
Well, yes, but I'm afraid I prematurely shot my wad. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. Uh, I guess I'll see you on the other side. See you on the other side. Soldier. <laughs> Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? On Duke. Look, I'm sorry about that little show back there.